Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Dodder. To learn more about today's reading or to read along with us, check out jointhejourney.com. Thanks for joining. What does it mean to have compassion? In today's chapter, Jesus saw a crowd and had compassion. He saw a need and wanted to meet it. In my own personal walk with the Lord, I've come to pay close attention to the ways in which Jesus interacts with crowds or larger groups of people. There's something grounding there for me as the ministry I'm doing on social media continues to grow numerically. And so the way Jesus thinks about crowds has become more and more relevant to me. When I first started in social media, there were these, and and really there still are, fears about getting swept away in the numbers. Those are real. Seeing people as accounts instead of image bearers is a temptation. And it's really important for me to remember there's a soul behind every screen. And when I first approached social media ministry, I was wary of the bad rep young people can get for using the internet in order to grow a larger following. Think influencer culture or aspiring to be a YouTuber, that kind of stuff. But at the same time, I was conflicted because I knew that as a follower of Christ, I should want to reach more and more people with the truth. But for some reason, the pitfalls of social media were something the enemy started using to convince me that maybe it's a bad idea to try to reach a lot of people with truth on the internet. And then maybe it's okay to reach people with truth, but only a certain amount within a certain threshold. Then it's too far. Or maybe you just shouldn't worry about reaching people at all. God will take care of it, right? Looking at the potential of an ever-increasing following is scary. There's a lot of ways I could drift, but what's scarier was the enemy's ability to sneak into that mission and convince me it was sinful to desire to reach more people with the truth. It's wrong to desire a following if your end goal is only that they'd follow you, that there'd be a large crowd behind you. It's God-honoring if your end goal is that those you lead would be led to follow Him. There was this critical moment when I was working on my first social media project in which I began to pray through a passage from 2 Corinthians 10. It reads, starting in verse 15, We do not boast beyond limit in the labor of others, but our hope is that as your faith increases, Paul writes to the Corinthians, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. So that's the first thing I noticed. Paul desired to reach a lot of people, a large crowd, so to speak. So I prayed two things based off of that verse, that the content I produced would encourage my friends as he prays, I pray Corinthians that your faith would increase, but that as it does, as it strengthens their faith, the Lord would make room for me to reach more and more people with the truth, that my area of influence would be greatly enlarged. And Paul continues in verse 16, why? So that we may preach the gospel in lands beyond you, Corinthians, without boasting of work already done in another's area of influence. Verse 17, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. And that's the last thing I prayed, that God would get the glory and it'd be all about him not at all about Emma, that it'd be him working in and through me such that everyone would see that clearly. I prayed that my friends would be encouraged, that their faith would be strengthened and increase, and I'd reach more and more people with truth and that God would be glorified. It's not at all about me. And you might be thinking, Emma, we're in Mark 8. Why are you talking about 2 Corinthians? Well, Jesus, at this point in his ministry, he had a huge following. 
4,000 people is what we read in this chapter, but that wasn't counting the women or the children. So, I mean, we're talking at least, I mean, it's got to be at least 12,000 people, if not more, and that's just his following in this particular region. And Jesus looks at those people who'd gathered after following him for, for a while, listening to him teach, and he, as we read in verse 2, says, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. What is compassion? It's seeing a need and wanting to meet it. And actually, I think Jesus saw two needs. The first, it's easy to spot. The crowd of followers, they were really hungry. That one's clear. I mean, he's about to feed them. As you know, if you've read the chapter, and if you haven't, no shame, but I really encourage you, pause this episode and read the chapter yourself before we continue. Or if you're driving, pull over real quick, jointhejourney.com, scroll to the scripture. It should be the first thing on the page and just hit that button that says, listen, and it'll read the passage to you. Then come back to the episode. So that's the first need, the crowd of followers, they're hungry. But the second need, I think is a little bit trickier to spot. The second need was what Jesus saw in the hearts of his disciples. Scholars agree that Jesus fed a big crowd twice. So the first one is the famous one. That's the feeding of the 5,000. And this is the second, the feeding of the 4,000. And for some reason, when Jesus pointed out the crowds were hungry, the disciples, they, they didn't ask Jesus to multiply the loaves again. Instead, they said, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? That's verse four, which is basically like they said, how can we pick up lunch when the nearest Walmart is hours away? To which I'm like, hello, disciples, you guys, did you forget what Jesus did just a little while ago? This shouldn't be a problem at all. He can, he can multiply bread and fish like nobody's business. One commentator said this, why did the disciples not catch on? Probably several months had passed since Jesus fed the 5,000. People tend to forget even great events. Moreover, depending on Jesus rather than relying on self is a very difficult lesson to learn, especially, he concludes, when one has a limited perception of who Jesus is. The disciples saw the need, hungry crowds. They wanted to meet it. Where can we get bread being so far away from town? But they forgot that Christ is the one who ultimately meets all of our needs, the needs of every person. And that same reality that we can forget who Jesus is can be true in our own lives. For me, I can look out at my generation. 4% have a biblical worldview. That's a need that deeply grieves my heart. 4% means 96% of people, they don't know, they don't know truth. That's my generation. It's a need. And I have a role to play. It's the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. But at the same time, I can't meet that need or fulfill my role to go and make disciples in my own strength. Any gift or skill or training that I have to possibly meet such a need only evidences God's work of grace in my life. I see a crowd. It's my generation. I see their need. They don't know truth. And I want to meet it. But that need can only be met through the power of God. On my own, on our own, we're powerless to help any group of people regardless of how big or how small that group might be. So what about you? What group of people are you leaving? What group of people are you leading? Who's following you and what needs do you see? Maybe people aren't starving or maybe you're not on social media at all. And that's okay. 
But at the end of the day, who are you leading? Maybe it's a bigger group like your company or organization or a team of employees at work. What do they need? Do they need to be taught about efficiency, how to get things done more quickly, or do they need to be taught about morals or integrity or worth-life balance? What's the need? Do they need to learn rest or to grind even harder and spend more time away from their families? What needs do you see? Maybe they do need to learn, learn how to have a good work ethic. I don't know. What do you see? Why might God have put you there? Maybe the group following you is a lot smaller and closer in proximity. Maybe it's your kids or your younger siblings, your roommates. What do they need right now? Take some time to think about who you're leading or who's around you, who might be following you. What needs do you see? And how would Jesus respond? How could God work through you to help meet those needs? For me, that looks like prayerfully posting Bible lessons on social media with a team of people, a team of believers alongside me to help make sure I'm not falling into any of those pitfalls I mentioned earlier. What could it look like for you to meet the needs of those around you, those who are leading, those who are following you? Talk to your community group and pray about it together. I'm excited to see what the Spirit will do in and through us as we surrender to Him, seeking to meet the needs of those around us. And I'm so glad we're all on this journey together. Thanks for listening. Did you know you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? Leaving a review helps others more easily find the podcast and read along with us. So we'd love your help.